Welcome to Defender of the Realm. I'm your host, Jay, and let's get down to it. So, I know that when I started this podcast, Defender of the Realm, uh, I was mainly focusing on RPG video games. Um, podcast has really kind of since then expanded, and I really just kind of talk about video games in general. Um, most of what I talk about are kind of RPG-based, but, you know, I do kind of expand out there, you know, here and now. Um but really, you know, the heart of this po- podcast is is role-playing games, specifically video role-playing games. Uh, I had said early on that I would talk about maybe some tabletop games and whatnot. So I figured this episode, I would kind of really talk about how, you know, how, how did I come to the point of really loving uh, RPG video games? And, you know, it's really got to go all the way back, back in the day to when I was about, let's say about 10 years old, and I was first introduced to Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the tabletop game, pencil and paper game, 20-sided die, you know, if you've played Dungeons and Dragons or games that are similar to it, you pretty much know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, And I think it's really when I kind of got a taste of that game and really developed a love for it and and similar games and just kind of the progression all the way through that has led me to today playing games like, uh, you know, Skyrim, the Dragon Age series, um, Dragon's Dogma, and whatnot. And, yeah, it really started with with Dungeons & Dragons. So I'm not going to be reviewing Dungeons & Dragons, going over rules and gameplay and whatnot. This is really, I guess, kind of more of like a nostalgia-type podcast where, you know, I'm just going to kind of talk about, you know, playing Dungeons & Dragons and different versions of it and, and kind of offshoots of it because, you know... I think when people think of Dungeons and Dragons, people that really aren't in the gaming community, they, they that's pretty much what they think of. They think of, oh, it's a bunch of nerds sitting in a basement, you know, rolling dice and, you know, drinking a lot of Jolt Cola and, and that's it. But, you know, there was really a pretty big world um, that was involved with it. So, like I said, I was about, I think I was about 10 years old when I really first got introduced to it. Uh, there was a kid in my school you know, who played it, um, you know, and he would bring in, he would bring in the manuals, he would bring in the dungeon guides, he would bring in dice, and he would kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, I kind of came to find out, you know, years later when I really, really got involved in the game that he, he, he was kind of into it. He was kind of, you know, really kind of into, you know, sort of like, fantasy stuff, fantasy novels, and and, and things like that, and he was really kind of more into reading the dungeon manuals, and and the rule books, and and creating characters, and whatnot. He really wasn't playing that much, Um, but it was also around this time that I really kind of got introduced to my very first couple of computer-based RPG games. Um... This friend of mine, you know, the one who kind of uh, introduced me first to Dungeons and Dragons, his name is Andre. He actually was one of the first kids I knew that had a home computer. He had an Apple II Plus, and we would go over there, uh, you know, we would hang out. Um, like I said, he had the Apple II Plus, and he also had a ColecoVision. 
So we play a little ColecoVision, uh, you know, a couple of different types of video games, and then we would go on his computer and we would play this game called Wizardry, which was basically it wasn't by Dungeons and Dragons at all, but it was it was essentially a Dungeons and Dragons type game on the computer. Um, and really, what it was, you know, the graphics were very simple. It was sort of like a first person view of of a dungeon. You just really saw hallways. Um, you know, you would click the arrow keys to advance. Um, you know, you would do certain command keys to like search for traps, uh, try to open treasure chest try to open doors um you created a party of six people and you know that was really kind of the fun of it was developing the character you never saw these characters or anything they were just names on a screen with their stats next to them the only really graphics you saw were in a tiny quarter of the screen like one quarter of the screen was kind of this first person view almost like a very very basic uh doom you know, the video game Doom, but with no monsters or anything like that. If there was an encounter with a monster, it would just sort of be like a, a graphic would come up of a, like a, a still of a, of a creature and then it would kind of switch over to the combat menu, which again was just typing commands. Like, you really didn't see anything happen. But I think because there really wasn't a lot of visual output, we really relied a lot on our imagination. And I think that's why the game of Dungeons and Dragons really, really appealed to me was, you know, when you think about it, there's really nothing visual to the game, you know. Yes, you could have little figurines representing your characters. Uh, sometimes some people I would play with would actually have um, a dungeon map on the table. Uh, they would have, you know, little models and things set up for it. But really, all in all, this game took place in your mind. Um, it was very important to have a very good dungeon master. Uh, dungeon master is the one that really kind of runs the game, sets the scene. Um, you know, they have the dungeon guide, which basically tells them, you know, here's the map. You're, you know, the party's going to start off here, and they had to really describe for you the dungeon that you were in. Um, like I said, a lot of the people that I played with, pretty much, you know, like I said, I, I kind of had sort of like, not like a like a, a, a passing liking or, you know, it was sort of like, kind of like my friend Andre, uh, you know, I read a lot of the dungeon guides, uh, I read the rule books, things like that, but there was really nobody I knew that really, really played it, so I just really read up on it, I learned how to create characters, I would create different characters, I actually had three different characters um you know i had a thief i had a wizard and i had a warrior um and you know that was kind of early on and that was really kind of the fun of it for me was you know creating you know creating their stats and equipping them and just really imagining them in my mind because i could not draw to save my life and you know those little pewter representations the little pewter figurines you know i had no idea where to get them and i wasn't about to ask my mom or dad to try to like drive around and find little hobby shops and whatnot so you know like i said it was stuff that i had to really kind of think about in my mind around this time too i was reading a lot of like fantasy literature uh i got into reading the hobbit i then kind of advanced on to the lord of the rings series um I read some like 
Piers Anthony stuff, which was kind of like sci-fi fantasy. Um, and around this time, too, Dungeons & Dragons actually would publish books. Um, they had like a Dragonlance series. And I want to really get into that, too, because, again, you know, kind of like the game of Dungeons & Dragons, where the Dungeon Master was really sort of the storyteller of the game, you know, these Dragonlance novels, it was the same way. It was like I could really immerse myself in the world by, you know, just, just reading these great stories, you know, they would make references to the games and gameplay a bit, but it was just really a great way to use my imagination. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, probably by the time I was getting ready to go into middle school, I think this is around the time when Saturday morning cartoon, uh, Dungeons and Dragons came out and right away, I loved it. I loved the show. Uh, great stories. I love the different characters. I never really quite understood why hardly anybody had weapons. Um, there was a ranger who had an energy bow. Um, and there was a little obnoxious kid that was a barbarian that had a club and just, he would run around and smash things. Um, they had a cavalier who was pretty much in a suit of armor and had a shield. And I'm like, you can't give him really anything else uh the acrobat did have a staff but she really kind of used it more to like flip around and sort of you know almost like almost like a pole vaulter um the thief had the cloak of invisibility i'm like you can't give her a dagger or something like that but it's a saturday morning cartoon you know (laughs) can't really promote all that violence and everything but still just just the idea of it of of getting lost in a world like that and and sort of like getting equipped with some of this mat you know these enchanted uh weapons and 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 artifacts it was really really cool it was really a lot of fun and i really really enjoyed the show and it was also around this time like i said when i progressed into middle school where the town i was in we have uh about eight elementary schools so we then when we went to middle school there were actually two middle schools so half the town went to one the other half went to the other so all of a sudden now i have all these new kids that i'm meeting and i found a group of friends who were into dungeons and dragons um one of them he's a very good friend of mine Uh, i remained friends with him all the way through high school we kind of stayed in touch in college he he went you know out of state kind of lost touch since then uh his name was carl and you know he was really big into dungeons and dragons um and usually every friday or saturday night a group of us would play like he had um you know and it's it, it kind of sounds like a cliche we played in his basement but it's like his his dad had actually converted their basement into like i guess what we would call nowadays a man cave you know um half of it was actually his bedroom and the other half you know they had like a big tv down there they had a sofa um but we could like kind of push the sofa aside and set up a table and some chairs uh his his younger brother would usually come down and play with us and you know anywhere from two to maybe four other guys would come over and we would play and we would usually play just about every weekend um but it wouldn't be the only thing that we would do you know we would play for a few hours you know and then we would do you know some other stuff um we liked a lot of the same movies his dad had a huge video cassette uh collection um i think i had actually talked about him earlier on one of the other podcasts i do and i've actually lost track now that's pretty pathetic um his dad was like an engineer and he used to like you know, he had like three or four VCRs in, in his basement and he would just copy movies left and right. So we will watch a lot of the, we enjoyed watching a lot of the same movies. 
um, sometimes we would just go out, you know, we would just hang out, you know, there was a park close to his house, you know, we would hang out there. Like we were not playing Dungeons and Dragons from sunup to sundown. It was, it was part of our kind of bonding and hanging out thing. We would do it for two, three hours tops. And then we would just kind of leave it there. Like, all right, Hey, next week, you know, we'll continue the adventure. Let's just go do something else. Like, let's get, like, let's get out of here. You know, we're sitting in this basement. Let's like kind of stretch our legs. Let's go out and do something. You know, we would just kind of roam the town and, you know, do whatever. Um, kind of stayed like that almost through high school. And then, you know, people started developing different interests. I developed different interests. You know, I, I enjoyed playing sports. I enjoyed doing other things. We would still play, but, you know, not as often as we used to. Um, it was around this time that I actually started seeing other sort of, you know, pencil and paper tabletop type games. And another one I began to get interested in. And again, it kind of started the same way as my love for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it actually started with me just kind of reading sort of the manuals and the rule books. Uh, White Wolf Studios had a game called Vampire the Masquerade. Um, they actually had, you know, it was sort of their Dark World series. And there was actually sort of three sub-games, I guess is the best way. There was Vampire the Masquerade, there was a werewolf game, and there was a mages game. And a lot of times you could overlap them. Um, and again, I started kind of, you know, not really playing it, but just like reading up on the rules, character development, reading some of the, you know, dungeon manuals that went along with those. And they also had some series of books and things like that. Um... When I got to college, I did find a couple of people that were into Dungeons and Dragons, and for the first time in my life, I found a girl that liked Dungeons and Dragons. Um, she was actually she actually became a good friend of mine in college. Uh, the kind of running joke was um, <laughs> we were in our kind of group of friends in college. We were the only two white people, so people like as a joke just said we were brother and sister, even though we looked nothing alike. But, you know, we were the only two white people. Uh, we loved a lot of the same things. Um, she actually had, on her computer, she had, um, on the Commodore 64, <laughs> that's a throwback, that's a shout-out, um, she had Dungeons & Dragons games. They were turn-based games, again, kind of simple graphics. Uh, you develop your party, you go on adventures, the graphics were a little bit better, when a battle would break out, you would actually see it, you would go turn by turn, your character would progress and develop, uh, I ended up, um, doing illegal copies of it and, and playing it on my computer, I really hope the FCC isn't listening, I highly doubt it, but, you know, you never know, um, you know, and it kind of really just kind of kept my love going for it and just kind of seeing like, wow, you know, there's still other ways to really enjoy these games. Like maybe if I can't find other players that are into the traditional Dungeons and Dragons or Vampire the Masquerade, um, you know, there's ways I can continue to play these games. And that's really where my love for uh, video game RPGs started because... I would get very similar games on the Commodore 64. Uh, then as, you know, gaming systems started to get more advanced, I started getting these games, you know, for the gaming system. Now, eventually I got married. Video game systems had to go away. You know, <laughs> a lot of these things had to go away. Um, 
but it was always kind of in the back of my mind. And when my daughter was born, I kind of said, I really hope she gets into video games. I can't wait, you know, <laughs> hopefully she gets into video games so we can start buying video game systems and I could just get back into, into all this again. Turns out, you know, she really did. She loved video games. Uh, you know, we are now the proud owners of a Nintendo Wii, a Xbox One, and a PlayStation 4. She also has one of these emulator systems where she could play really any cartridge-based game from all the way back. Like, she has played Final Fantasy 1. She has played, I think she's played just about every single Zelda game out there uh, on cartridge, on disc, you know, you name it. She has probably played it. Um, and it was great, too, because she really enjoyed a lot of these games, too. And a lot of the games that I talk about here on Defender of the Realm, she has played as well. And, in fact, uh, hopefully really soon she's going to join me here. My daughter Diana is going to join me here. Because I've talked about Elder Scrolls Online, I've talked about Skyrim, I've been saving Oblivion for when she joins me, because that is her all-time favorite Elder Scrolls game. I'm kind of iffy on it. She is a huge, huge fan of it, so she can come on and just share her love of Elder Scrolls Oblivion. But that's a separate podcast. And really, that's kind of how it, it all developed. It all started with meeting a kid named Andre who sort of liked those fantasy realm type things, the Legends of King Arthur, you know, Lord of the Rings, finding dungeon manuals and and D&D rule books and just kind of reading it just for the just just to kind of soak in that world. And here I am, you know, 30 plus years later, uh, <laughs> you know, Still playing video game RPGs, uh, loving movies like The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and and you know, and similar type movies. And yes, I know there was a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I think they had two direct-to-video sequels. Uh, and yes, I see, I've seen them, and yes, I enjoy them. You know, they're not going to win Oscars, but they kind of bring me back to that time of just getting lost in these worlds and realms and just just totally enjoying it. Alrighty, so I'm going to kind of wrap up this episode of Defender of the Realm. Like I said, wasn't a review of anything. It was really more of a trip down memory lane. Memory lane. Um, don't forget, you can find me here on Anchor. Anchor has that call-in feature. So if you want to call in and kind of share your memories of Dungeons & Dragons or tabletop gaming, RPGs, whatever, you know, please do. I will do my best to share it on the air. Um, shoot me a message. You can find me on Instagram, Defender of the Realm 97. I'm now on Twitter. Defender of the Realm is on Twitter. So find me there. Shoot me questions there. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please, please, please rate and review me. Um, I know people listen. I see there are listens, but I'm not getting any reviews. So if you like the show, give me a review. If you don't like the show, you know what? Give me a review. I could use feedback. I could take it. No problem. Alrighty. So this is Jay and good gaming to you. <laughs>